Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. And um, this is uh, the second uh, discussion within our conversation series on how to study the Bible. Um, so, if you weren't here on uh, Sunday, that's all right. We have recorded it, and so we are going to be posting that online. Um, but we are recording it as well tonight. So, um, we uh, when we have a few different types of questions that are a little different from Sunday. So, um, don't worry. We won't. Uh, you can go back and check those old questions uh, when we post it. But um, there are new questions today, so we're going to get into that and discuss that a little bit. How many uh, enjoyed the discussion last week? Was that good? Amen. A lot of good information. Um, and years of wisdom and years of uh, study of the Bible. And so um, I thought it was, it was great. And so we're excited to get into some new questions here today. So last week um, we started, uh, we, we were talking a lot about um, uh, Bible translations uh, study tools that you can use. Um, so uh, obviously we covered quite a bit of ground as far as that goes, but I kind of wanted to um, go off of that, that uh, kind of that vein that we were in last week a little bit and talk about technology and uh, the study of the Bible. Um, I think that a lot of us know that our world is rapidly changing in the way that we use technology. Um, I don't think that's any news to anyone. Everyone is uh, used to uh, technology by now and the way that it's affected and changed the way that we live. Um, but certainly there are merits to uh, a life disconnected from technology. Um, sometimes, you know, obviously uh, we get out into the woods and that's one of the reasons we camp and do all these things to disconnect from all of that. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk a little bit um, or ask the question a little bit about um, the, maybe the benefits to using technology for study and then maybe some benefits to uh, using pen and paper and all of that uh, to study the Bible. Um, and so uh, the specific question is that with technology now, we have multiple resources at our fingertips. Are there benefits to using physical books, paper and pen, etc., over technology to study. And I also want to maybe kind of steer this question a little bit towards uh, the fact that we've also seen um, not only just technology alone changing our world, but um, the idea of censorship and all of that in, in the world that we live in now. Um, what is fact? What is not fact? What's truth? What's not truth? Um, what is hate speech? What is not hate speech? Um, and certainly we know that because of the persecution of the church just over the years, and especially now as well, um, I, think the, I, I think that the, um, we can see the trajectory of how things could be. Um, we can see that the potential of these large tech companies maybe not wanting to 
have Bible apps on their platforms because of what they teach and what they talk about. Not saying that that's happening right now, but I think we're seeing sort, sort of um, the introduction of that happening in the world. So keeping that in your, your frame of mind as you're answering this question, um, what do you see are the pluses of, of using, you know, going back old school, pen and paper, um, a physical Bible itself, flipping through pages, and the, um, maybe the downsides or upsides to either technology or the other? We'll start with Brother Ron, the tech uh, guru. <laughs> um, I am definitely old school. Um, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the technology. This is just how I learn. Um, for me, it's, it's better for me to be able to pick up an actual book, to handle it, to feel it, to smell it. I, I love a book. Always love to have a book. But there's something about um, reading it. But there's something about um, reading the material and then putting it from my brain forcing myself to write it out that causes me to, to remember. It causes me to think more on it. I've, I've tried doing the, the tech stuff, and it doesn't work for me. That doesn't mean it won't work for you. I mean, it really doesn't. But it's, there is a, there's a lot of advantages to, to, to going with technology. At the push of a button, you have unlimited knowledge. I mean, you have access. And it is a lot more cumbersome. It's a lot more slow extraction in digging it out in the book. But I also think it, because it takes so much effort, you're going to be more inclined to remember because you don't want to have to go through that again to try to, rem to, try to find it all over again. It kind of forces you into the framework where when you find it, I'm making sure I either mark this down or something else because I'm not going to have to go back there and go through this whole routine of trying to find it. So I think it kind of forces you into doing some things that are actually good for you. Whereas in, in the tech part of it, you don't have to worry about it. All you got to do is just, you know, find the word. And it goes through the whole thing and it, it's got everything for you right there on it. So um, just for me, um, I, I like better. It, it just works better for me for the, just the old fashioned digging it out. Um, but I, I, I have to also admit that I have used that in, in doing some studies on some things that I couldn't find in some of my resource books. So I'm backsliding. So pray for me, saints. But yeah, I, I can see uh, definitely there are pluses in uh, using technology, definitely. But I, I'm still of the, the persuasion, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, those things are great as long as they work, but I happen to, I, I worked with them uh, when I worked at headquarters, and they didn't always work. And when they didn't work, you had problems, major problems. And especially if you had things on there that you hadn't backed up in some kind of a backup uh, system. Um, I, I found that out the hard way, uh, designing something one time, the first time I started trying to design on them. 
had it all designed and had it all worked out, and, and uh, I just saved it to my screen. I didn't save it to a file. And went back the next day, and it was gone. <laughs> I had worked a whole day on this file, and it was completely gone. I had to do the whole thing all over again. So, I mean, it's, it's learning how to use them, but and it, if they're working, they're great. If they're not, then that's a problem. And I do both. <laughs> um, anytime I'm in prayer, I always have a paper and pen by me. Or anytime I'm reading the Word, which I always read the physical book. I, I mean, it's on my phone, and I'm listening to it, and you can see the words there. But I'm looking at my Bible because I want my Bible with me. Um, so a lot of times... I will write out what the Lord has given me, a thought that he's given me or whatever, and then I'll go back and I'll either type it or speak it into my iPad. And uh, that can be a little dangerous because you think you're, I mean, you know what you're speaking, but it doesn't know what you're speaking. <laughs> then you're trying to read back what you wrote and you're like, I don't even, that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> um, I think it's a personal preference. Um, it's taken me a while to get to uh, know how to use my iPad, but it is very convenient to have everything at one push of a button. As Brother Ayers said, I can swipe and go to the dictionary and know how to spell something that I can't spell. I can swipe, go to Blue Letter Bible and look up a scripture, copy and paste it and go back to my message and paste it on my message. Um, I remember before iPads when all we had was a desktop at the house and maybe I would be teaching on Sunday morning and pastor would be preaching and we're, we're trying to print out scriptures then our printer would mess up and then we'd be like oh we got to write these with our hands and you might have 20 scriptures or be marking them in your Bible you know so anyway technology has helped speed up the process um but I totally agree with Brother Ayers at the same time that when I write things down, I definitely remember them more and they stick with me more. Um, so I, I kind of like both ways. So. Um, I've done it both ways. Um, uh, I, I do have a library of books, um, commentaries and different books that I, I like sitting down and reading, I, but I also have that on my, on my iPad. Um, now, I have had situations where the Wi-Fi went down while I was studying, and, um, but I was able to continue on. Cause, and one of the things that Brother Timothy was talking about as far as um, in the Internet world, people trying to change things, I, I know with with the group here, I know we all feel the same, that we're trying to protect truth. Truth is of utmost importance. Um, truth is something we must protect. So everything goes back to the, to the Bible, the Word of God, and they can't change my Bible. <laughs> so uh, they, can, they can try to revise it, but really that's where it's important for us to look at what we're purchasing when we buy a Bible 
to get the right Bible is going to be truth. And that's, that's the protection. We've got to protect the truth. Uh, but I, at this point in my ministry, I, I use the iPad more than I do anything else because I, my time frame of working and pastoring, um, uh, I, I still put probably about four or five hours in every sermon because it's it takes time to be able to dig things out. I mean, it's not something you just throw together. Um, there's prayer that goes into it. It's it's as I mentioned last Sunday. There, it's a constant feeding of yourself, and it comes out of you. But the benefit to me of the um, iPad, and, and I will put a uh, advertisement in here for Apple, because Apple doesn't get viruses. That well, if it gets viruses, that it's very rare um, to to lose some of that. But I also promote the cloud. I got sermons floating up in the cloud somewhere. I don't know where they're at, but I do have some sermons. But I, on my iPad, I do have I, I do have a backup. But I do have every sermon that I preached for the last since 2012 on my iPad. Now, before that, I have uh, files of written out sermons. And I don't know how many sermons through the years, uh, but I've used them both. And I do like the iPad, but I do understand, you know, using the physical book that it, it's good to just sit down and read a book at times. But um, I've been able to take the iPad and look up scriptures. Like a lot of times there's a scripture thought in your mind and you're trying to think, where was that? So I can just type in a search for that name that certain word, and it brings up several scriptures on that. And I can cross-reference it. I can do a lot of different things. Thompson Chain Bible is a very good Bible to be able to cross-reference. Uh, so we do have a lot of tools we can use there. But uh, I, I really think it comes down to whatever we feel comfortable with in, um, in our ministry. So. Um. Real quickly, uh, Sister Burke, on uh, as far as iPad, I mean technology goes, um, talk a, just a little bit about like staying focused. I guess whenever that you're getting, like if you've got notifications and you've got all this stuff coming, as I mean, are you um, you know silencing that? Are you turning that off, or are you <laughs> you're trying to like make your way through that? I know that that's like really, I think at least for me anyway, with like studying on an, on a tablet, is that, you know, I, I saw, heard something the other day about um, attention is, is uh, the greatest currency because that it's, it's, what, um, it's what everyone is demanding from us is our attention. And, you know, there's been documentaries out about how much technology pulls on your attention and all of that. Um, but what are some ways that you're, um, you know, better staying focused in those times where you could be distracted by, even if it's a phone call or um, a text message or anything like that, are, are there ways that you're doing that to stay focused? Well, typically on my iPad, I don't really get notifications. They do come across on my phone, however, uh, but I don't really, I'm not notified about, I definitely am not notified about emails because then it would constantly be going off. Um, but I have very little notifications because there's really not that much that's that important. 
other than text messages and phone calls because that's people. So other than that, I just, and that's another reason why reading my Bible, I only will read the book because I do not want to be distracted during that time. That just aggravates me. <laughs> um, so I think just if you do have a lot of notifications coming to you, just turn them off uh, during that time or, or whatever. Um, and I think it's choices too. Some people think that as soon as you get a text from someone, you have to answer it. And that's not the case. I mean, you can look at your phone and if it looks like it's an emergency or whatever, but it, honestly, if it's an emergency, they're going to call you. They're not going to text you. So um, you don't have to answer as soon as someone texts you. And, you know, it's a good idea. Just put your phone in the other room if you're going to be reading the Bible or studying at all. That way you're not distracted with it. Um, I think the Lord is fighting for our attention. <laughs> you know, everything else is demanding our attention, but the Lord is, he is a jealous God, and he wants our attention. And uh, I think we have to covet time with him. And any time that you're studying, um, you don't study just because you're going to be speaking. You study to learn. You study to learn more about this God that we're serving. We're trying to build our relationship with him. So we're studying about him. Who is he and what is he like and what does he dislike? Whatever we're studying, that should be sacred time. Anytime we're in the word or in prayer, it should be sacred time with him. And everything else can wait. And if there's an emergency, trust me, they will get a hold of you. They'll come knock on your door. Good. Um, all right, so shifting gears here a little bit, I wanted to talk about some, um, some ways that you are uh, specifically studying a certain scripture. Um, and to start off, with, I'll ask this question in terms of uh, cross-referencing scriptures. So um, how, how do you find cross-reference in scripture? So and as, as an example... Uh, maybe where Old Testament prophecy um, is mentioned in the New Testament. Um, I know a lot of times, I mean, for me, uh, whenever I, like, uh, I've heard uh, David Bernard um, talk about certain scriptures, and, and he, he a lot of times will reference, he'll say, uh, you know, scripture talks about this, and it's also mentioned in these scriptures here. Um, so I know there are ways of doing that with technology, Starting with Brother Ron, what, what, is, what are some ways that you're <clears throat> finding Scripture or, or cross-referencing different things in the Bible uh, that are mentioned? I found that if you have a, if you have a really good um, study Bible, the majority of the time that study Bible will automatically do that for you. If, there is a, if, if you're in the Old Testament reading a Scripture and... Jesus quotes that somewhere in the New Testament. Most of the time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to refer you to where that's used in the New Testament. And the same thing, if you're in the New Testament, Jesus is speaking and he's talking about something that's he's repeating from the Old Testament. It's, it's the same thing. It's already referenced. So it, it's not something that's, uh, that really you have to try to dig up yourself most of the time. It, again, if you, have, if you just have a... a most of the good study Bibles anymore, they have that already in there. So it's not, it's not that hard to, uh, to find that. Um, 
Now, if you if you have the the technology part of it, um, that is a really good place right there to have that because then you can put that scripture in, and you can ask it the question: Is that scripture used somewhere else? Without having to actually look that up, it'll actually do it for you. So it'll actually be the workhorse for you in that situation, which that's that's a situation where that would come in very handy. Um, and Pastor Burke, as far as you know, just years of experience in studying the Bible. Um, you know, does that come into play as you're cross-referencing scripture that things that you remember from previous studies or whatever? Uh, definitely. Yeah. There's, um, a lot of stories that will go through your mind, um, as you're studying of other examples, uh, of a certain subject that you're studying. Um, going back again to, uh, Thompson Chain Study Bible, it's got some great references on the side that gives you comparison of scriptures along that same subject. Now, when I look up uh, in uh, the Bible, like a scripture that I'm studying, I can take words and I can go and search the word that's in there that gives me other scriptures with that. But another thought here is not just studying or just trying to find the word in that scripture, but trying to find the thought in that scripture. So, when you go to a scripture, like on my iPad, I can go to it and I can, in the Blue Letter Bible, I can connect that scripture with comparison scriptures because there's a section in there that talks about comparison scriptures. And then it will bring you with that thought, it'll bring three or four different scriptures up with that. So it, it just helps you to be able to get some different understanding, a different perspective, like with David's life or with... Abraham's life or Moses or what I mean there and there's so many different perspectives there of that certain thought that really gives you some different direction to go so yeah it's it's very beneficial to use uh, something like that to be able to find a comparison scripture uh, it just I, I I think of it in in the manner of like building a house you're just putting bricks upon bricks upon bricks and building it up uh, and understanding a little bit more about that thought of the scripture that God's trying to bring to you. So, um, yeah, I, I use my iPad in that, but there are book references that you can use that are very helpful in that too. Burke, are there specific ways that you're um, cross-referencing scripture? And then also, I mean, is there uh, a certain checks and balances with you that when you are referencing, you know, going from one scripture to the next, that you're um, making sure that it's fitting your thought, fitting the, the message that you're trying to preach? Um, again, I use, I, I use a lot the Blue Letter Bible for cross-referencing. Um, and it really just depends on the message. It depends on, you know, if you're looking for a certain thought or if you're looking into the life of a certain person. But you can't just say, okay, well, I'm looking up forgiveness and then put in the word forgiveness and it brings up every scripture on forgiveness and you just pick one. No, you read and you read around that scripture um, so you can convey the thought that the Lord has given you on that. So, um, Well, and in that, in that same vein, um, Brother Ron, if you're reading two scriptures... Um, and so I guess this is, this is more in reference to if you're, um, um, I guess, on a topic, you're studying a topic, um, you read two scriptures that almost kind of seem to contradict themselves, 
maybe not like straightforward. I, I mean, we believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, and we believe that it's all put in there for a reason. Um, but if you're reading something and it doesn't quite make sense to you, um, and, and there's a contrast there in what you're reading, uh, what's your approach to studying to try to find the answers for that? I've actually come across situations like that, and uh, to be honest with you, you'd really like to skirt that uh, because it, it's very difficult to think that there's two scriptures that are actually uh, on a similar subject, and yet the way they're worded, it makes them sound like they're completely opposite. And we know that that can't be true, because the Bible's not going to contradict itself. So I think what's helped me is to approach it with an understanding of who God is. You have to know his attributes. You have to know his qualities. You have to know basically kind of what's in the mind of God, what he's thinking. And, and there are so many things in the in the Bible that gives us that insight. And in prayer, you get a better understanding of God. So all these things working together, they kind of keep you on task. They keep you focused on who God really is and, and all of those characteristics and qualities. So then what you have to decide is um, which one of those scriptures is showing you that side of God that you feel is right. And then the other scripture, then you, you start looking at that one and you have to say, well, this other scripture can't be wrong, so what is God really trying to say here? And so you may have to change your complete approach uh, to looking at that scripture and really start digging into that one that's really controversial or whatever. Um, and personally, I like to tackle those. Because I know... I know the Word of God, and I know that I'm missing something. It's not the Word that's confused. I'm confused. And so I have to ask God to help me be unconfused. What's your point here? And if we're very honest with God, and if you really want to know what He's trying to tell you, He will tell you. He will lead you somewhere, either to a study book or, or to something else, um, and that's, there's another point I can make here, too. The importance of memorizing Scripture. You don't have to, rem you don't have to remember, uh, maybe necessarily word for word, but you have to understand, try to remember the text of the Scripture, the importance of it. And as I'm studying, there's a lot of times that I'll see that, and that's not making sense, and then all of a sudden, a Scripture will come to my mind, that clarifies something that's muddied in this, and it connects right with that. But that wouldn't have been there if I hadn't put it in there. God, God is not going to just by osmosis put his word into your head. If you've never read it, it's not going to be there. Okay? So the, that's the importance of reading it, reading the Bible completely through. Then you have access God can bring all things to your remembrance. That's the promise of God. That includes his word. 
And if you put it in here, he can bring that back to your remembrance. He can, he can bring it back in a time whenever you really need it. And when you're struggling trying to understand something, if you put it in there, God can bring it to your remembrance, and it'll help clear up so many things. And that's happened so many different times. Um, but anyhow, that's, that's the way I try to approach it. And, and there have been a lot of things that I haven't understood. There have been a lot of things that have been confusing to me. But over the years, uh, don't shy away from it. I've had a lot of people ask me questions about, uh, well, <laughs> the Bible says this over here and it says this over here, you know. Evidently, God's confused. Uh, God's never confused. We are, but he's never confused. We really want to find out. God will show it to us. He really will. Esther? Um, that's some great, great thought. You know, really, uh, too, with the Scripture, uh, I think the Lord l allows little little gems to be placed in the Word of God for us to dig out. Uh, I know last Sunday we, we talked about, I don't think God is t intended for it to be complicated and we make it complicated, but the thing about it is there's, there's revelation there in the Scripture that God will reveal at the right time. And, and the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will lead and guide us in all truth uh, there's times that the Spirit, like you were saying, the Spirit's going to open up and reveal it as we need to receive it. And when we receive it, it's a revelation. And we're like, wow, I read that many times, but I didn't see it until now. And God revealed it to me through the Spirit and study. And then uh, and then another thing about this, I mean, we're, we're expressing to you what we do. And I feel like it's going to help you with some examples of of how we go about studying and digging into the Word of God. But I also know that you know, there was a, and I'm re referencing a, um, my type of work, the HBAC work. I remember several years ago, um, there was a service technician I worked with, and he was very knowledgeable. Uh, he was very, very knowledgeable, <laughs> very good at what he did, and, um, um, he told me one time as he grabbed his tool pouch and just threw all of his tools out on the floor and stepped all over them and just dove, when he got into it, he dove into it and fixed it. But he told me, he said, sometimes you've got to dive into things and do it for yourself and you learn as you go. So really the same principle in reading and studying the word of God, you just dive into it. And there's some things that you could use with what we have done. And there's also things that you will find will be helpful for yourself, give you direction. But when that revelation comes, it's a powerful experience. Like God just turns the light on. There is no contradictions in the Bible. If you look at it from the beginning to the end, and that's where we talked about the Bible studies, getting an overall view of the whole thing, it all fits together like a puzzle. Uh, with the right pieces in the right place. So revelation through the Spirit of God is a powerful thing. Now, I want to say this just real quick. A lot of people are looking for revelation. I've heard revelations weren't truth also. You've got to be careful about revelations also because sometimes revelations are not uh, God speaking. So if it doesn't fit from the beginning to the end of the Word of God, I would 
step back from that kind of revelation. And uh, you, you got to have a revelation of truth of God. So that's important too, I believe. Any thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> keeping in, in sort of that same vein, um, I want to talk about duplicate uh, scriptures or, or um, repetition in the Bible. Uh, when, it, when it's in, in terms of uh, certain books, certain stories, obviously we see that in the Gospels, that it's a lot of the same stories. Um, so with this question, um, it says, I know the book of Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles are the history of the Israelite nation. Uh, there's a lot of the same stories, though. Uh, why state the same thing repeatedly, um, how the books relate, question mark? Uh, Brother Ron, do you want to... Start with that one. If if you if you read the stories, um, it does seem like, and there are some scriptures that are identical. In in like in in First Samuel, um, maybe even in First Kings, First Chronicles, especially in in Kings and Chronicles, there's a lot of actual scriptures that are exactly the same, word for word, and yet. The stories themselves, if you really look at them, they're not exactly the same. There's a little bit of differences. And what it does, it gives you a fuller picture because it's not exactly the same thing. There are a little bit of extra stuff. And if you just read it through sometimes you, and, and don't compare it, you kind of miss that. But when you look at it, it kind of fills in some blank spots. Um, and so I think it's, it's done that way so that it makes you look. Because is that all there is to that story? Maybe I thought there was something else that I read in 1 Kings that 1 Chronicles is talking about the same story, but it, I thought this was different. I thought there's something different about that. So you go back, there is something different. It's a little bit, so they're, they're not necessarily exactly the same stories told exactly the same way. There are some differences, some little nuances and changes in that. And it's, it's to your advantage to, to pick that up and to, to find out because there's a reason that it's in there. There's a reason the genealogies are in there, which to me, a lot of times it makes no sense, but they're in there for a reason. And uh, so, but I think there's, like, like Pastor was talking about, there are nuggets of gold in situations just like that, that we can kind of skim over because we don't take the time to kind of compare and find out, wait a minute, there's, this is different. It's not exactly the same. What are, what are they telling us here? And it kind of rounds out the, the picture. So, and even in the Gospels, you talk about the Gospels, it's, it's, it's a very similar situation. But you've got, in the Gospels, you've got men looking at the same story from different vantage points, and, which is always a good thing. Um, and that's why it's, it's good to have different people teaching because you get a different look, a different vantage point. Not everybody sees the Bible the way I do. And that's, that's okay. It's all right. It's refreshing sometimes to see a scripture from somebody else's viewpoint because you'll be surprised at how much more you can get out of it by just looking at it from somebody else's eyes. So, and that's what we've got in the Gospels. We're seeing Christ through somebody else's eyes in four different cases, which is a great thing. It just magnifies God. It makes him bigger. 
And I think that's why a lot of times in the Old Testament even, it's, it's like that. It's to kind of just give us a different viewpoint, different vantage point. Good. Um, well, and, and also, you know, I think we all approach God differently because we're all from different uh, backgrounds. Our lives are formed different ways. Um, so God is, is something to us that he may not be for someone else, and, and we all get different perspectives that way. But as far as... Um, uh, when, when we're talking about the repetition of Scripture and, and things being repeated, do you, Sister Burke, do you think that um, maybe is part of that based off of uh, kind of the idea that out of the mouth of two or three, like things are confirmed because multiple people have said the same thing? I think, I mean, I, I think that's true with our uh, with the worlds that we, the world that we live in. We tend to believe multiple people that say the same thing as opposed to, you know, one person saying something. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm like in reading the Gospels and seeing the different perspectives and, and as Brother Ayers just said, some of them give you so much more detail. Um, there's a lot of detail in Matthew and in John there's not as much detail. But you see it um, through their eyes, I guess. It would be as if, you know, Jesus walked in the room right now and you had a conversation with him, but I overheard it. And someone else had a conversation with it, that him and I overheard it. I would write down what I heard and you would write down what he said to you. And it would sound differently, but the bottom line is he said the same thing. Um, and as Brother Timothy said, we're all from different walks of life, and our perspectives are different. Uh, but it's beautiful to read Scripture from one book to the next, one chapter to the next, and know that it all goes hand in hand, and it all ministers to us. Um, so a lot of times when studying, if I am studying a certain subject, and it is in, let's just say it is in Kings and in Chronicles, um, then I read the scriptures all around it to uh, get an idea of what it's trying to say and uh, what it's trying to convey and, and how it's trying to change lives um, and the perspective um, of the, the writers. So uh, uh, like I'm reading in, I'm reading the chronological Bible this year. So right now I am in Kings and I'm in Chronicles and <laughs> Um, right now I'm reading, yeah, I think it was this morning, maybe yesterday morning, uh, reading about the building of the tabernacle and Solomon building the tabernacle and all the gold and the carvings. And I was telling the girls about it yesterday and, uh, it was the exact story, but there was a little bit of difference there and exactly it gives you just a little bit more insight to what happened there. So it's, it's good to read both. Um, I know that in in Bible college, it was um, you know a lot of times they would tell you that they're at least based off of their understanding or um, study of Scripture that they would try to find two to three scriptures that would kind of um, connect a, an idea so that it was confirming God's word and that like so if there was something that was confusing or vague or whatever that you would kind of use the um, use the guide of finding two or three scriptures to combine with that to better understand it. 
Um, is that something that you do, Pastor, or, is that, or do you have a different approach to kind of, you know, do you have any certain standards in your mind that when you're reading something that you're trying to confirm things? Um, before I go into that question, I want to say that the genealogies that Brother Rom is talking about, sometimes it can get really tough reading through those, but even in the genealogies, there's some little tidbits of powerful things that are inserted in there. Plus, here recently, I was looking at uh, Lot's family, uh, his his uh, offspring, and I found out, you know, that all the offspring was um, the Moabites, and then there was another group, and I got to thinking, you know, I started studying the Moabites and then the other group that came off I can't remember the other name but um, it was really interesting to find out the direction of these people and uh, really the genealogy if you want to put it in modern terms it's actually ancestry.com um, so if you want to find out and, and you you could do the trail and find out some powerful things now as far as looking at the scripture and trying to tie something in yes I one thing that has been of great benefit for me is the fact of going to Bible college because it did give you an overall view of a lot of things of how to study, dig into the scripture. And matter of fact, in the in the dorms, the men's dorms, we kind of created this on our own. Uh, but we would kind of debate things. Sometimes you were debating issues with others. So we'd take sides and some of the issues we were trying to debate, we didn't even believe it. But we debated just to see where it would go and, and because we knew that we were going to bring truth out of that. So it really helped us to understand how to stand in the truth, stand in the truth of the Word of God. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot of times I just, I just take a scripture. And, and here's, let, me, let me say this real quick here, too. I feel like it's very important. You don't just take one scripture and build something around it, although you can. That I'm, let me rephrase this. Some people take one scripture and build a religion out of it. But I believe that when you, when you start looking at the scriptures, and I think Sister Burke talked about it and Brother Ron talked about it, that you, you can't just take one scripture and try to understand all of it there. You've got to read around it. Read the whole chapter. Read the chapter before it. Read the chapter after it. It's going to give you a, an overall view of what's actually going on. So, yeah, I just, there's a lot of things in Bible school that really has helped me to be able to dig into the Word of God and study it. And it's helped us to be able to stand on the truth. But there's a lot of times I'll just take some of the words in the Scripture and look it up like we did here on a Wednesday night, going into the interlinear um, translations of that Greek or Hebrew word gives you different definition of thoughts of that particular Greek meaning or Hebrew meaning. And it helps me to stay on track on truth um, and get an overall view of that. But I just try to tie everything together from other chapters that are around that scripture and realize that I'm looking at it from Genesis to Revelation, everything all together to tie that scripture in so I could stand on truth. So I, I don't know if that fully answers the question. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Comment that goes along with what Pastor was talking about. 
Um, it's okay to take one scripture and, and make a thought out of that. That's fine. You can't make a doctrine out of one scripture. Doctrines are formulated by multiple scriptures that work together. But the Bible says that the Bible is built line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here little, there little. It's all based interlocking. And any doctrine that you come up with, you better be able to have more than one scripture for it. Otherwise, you can't call it a doctrine. It's a thought. Okay? It's not a valid doctrine. It's just a thought. Doctrines are, are powerful things. Thoughts are good things, that, but it's, it's not necessarily anything uh, dynamic. But doctrines are, are different. You have the doctrines of baptism, the doctrine of uh, the salvation. These are doctrines. And it's not based on one scripture. It's based on many scriptures that weave together, that lock together. That's how, you, that's how you know that it's a true doctrine. If you have these scriptures and they all come together, you can call that a doctrine. Otherwise, it's just a thought. Yeah, and I, I think that goes back to, Brother Ron, what you said about um, when you read a scripture, you, base, uh, you keep in mind the nature of God, the characteristics of God, all of those things that, um, so if I'm reading something that, uh, and, and I'm basing my whole doctrine, doctrine my whole uh, life on this one scripture, how, you know, what is it in, in reference to the nature of God, to the, the love of God, all of those things? And then, again, as you guys have talked about, every other scripture that you read around that, um, we were talking on Sunday and said that one of the most frustrating things is when you... Um, when you have a, when you, maybe you're getting a, a message together or something and you have a scripture that comes to mind from your childhood or whatever it might be, and you're like, oh, that would fit perfect in this message. And then you go to that scripture and you start reading that scripture and you're like, like yeah, yeah, I could just take this one scripture, but let me go back and see who they were writing it to and let me see the context of it. And then all of a sudden you realize that scripture that you had in mind was nothing to do with your thought and it actually maybe even derails your thought a little bit. Um, so, and that just goes back to referencing other things and going back to context and going back to the audience that it was written to and the time that it was written, because these things were, you know, the letters from Paul, they were written to a church at a very specific time for a very specific reason, um, and we could look at that and say, and just take it for face value, but what is it in context of everything? Um, and so I, I guess going along the same lines of our teaching um, and getting messages and, and things like that together, um, what are, um, when you're preparing a lesson to teach, uh, do you start with a specific passage of Scripture, um, or are you topically based? And when I, when I say that, um, I think I've told people before that I want someday to get to the point where I can really dissect Scripture really well. And I want to be able to just um, uh, teach that way. Um, but a lot of times, for me, it's more, it's more topically based. It's a, a thought on grace or it's a thought on love and compassion or whatever it might be. And then, you know, I, then God kind of leads me to different scriptures and different thoughts. 
But what, is, what are your approaches to that? I think we have a different, uh, pretty much a variety of uh, styles of teaching and preaching. So, uh, Sister Burke, what would be your approach to, um, to that, or does that change from time to time? Uh, basically, what, it, what happens with me and with everyone, I know it's different. Um, typically, I will be going through something. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, let's just say I'm going through a time where someone said something to me and it was very, very hurtful. And I allowed those words to just get into my spirit and it really started bothering me and I started getting bitter or whatever. Um, and then one day in prayer, the Lord will show me this is what is happening. This is what you are allowing to happen. And this is why you are allowing to happen it to happen because you never have given it to me. And now it's gotten to this point of bitterness. Okay, so that's just an example. But a lot of times, um, messages that I preach or teach come out of personal experiences with God. Um, things that I have been through or just in prayer, revelations that he gives me in prayer. Um, now, if I know I'm going to speak somewhere, I pray very specifically for the people that I'm going to be uh, ministering to. I ask the Lord very specifically, what do they need to hear? Um, if you were going there, Jesus, what would you say to them? And then I just try to listen Sometimes he speaks right then, but a lot of times it's just, I, let's just, I'll just give you an example. Um, a few weeks ago, I had known for about six weeks that I was going to Oregon to this ladies' conference. And so I began praying right then, Lord, you know what these ladies need to hear. And so I'm just trusting in you. Just tell me what to, tell me what you want me to talk about. And so I had prayed that continually for several days. I didn't beg him. I just said, give me a word, Lord, give me a word. Well, it got down to that week, and then I was begging, God, come on. <laughs> but it just happened. I was just sitting out on the porch, reading my Bible, just being quiet. And then the Lord started speaking. And I knew that that was the message. And so... I think it just, it happens in many different ways. Sometimes, you know, he deals with you on one subject and you just start studying that subject out. But honestly, most of the time, I'm just studying for myself. I want to know. You know, I hear a word that I'm like not really familiar with. It's in the Bible. I don't really know what that means. So I start looking it up and then I'm like, what? It means this? And you're so surprised. And then you start looking up other scriptures to go along with it. And before you know it, you are you have a whole lesson together because of what you have studied. Um, but I would say for me, most of the time, it's just personal things that I go through that the Lord shows me, reveals to me, and then he will say, now, help somebody else out with this. Because we all tend to go through the same things at one time or another. So, does that help? <laughs> um. So, Pastor, uh, your approach to it, I know you're um, dealing with a lot of different things in the body throughout 
you know, you're, um, as being a pastor, it's a little different because, um, you know, God might be speaking to you about the, just the course and the direction of the church. Um, so are you flipping open the Bible and putting your finger down and, and God's giving you something, or is it a little different than that? Um, no. <laughs> um, first of all, before I go into that, um, I want to say that I give my wife a lot of sermon material, making her angry, uh, making her bitter. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but I do, it is true, being, being a pastor, the Lord speaks to me about the congregation as a whole and lays upon my heart uh, certain needs in the congregation. And there's, there's times that I have um, had, as I have prayed and God's laid some thoughts on my heart, I've had, after a message, someone come up to me several times and say, did you hear what our conversation was on the way to church? I said, No. I mean, God knew, so that's the reason why he lays those things upon your heart to be able to preach what's, what's relevant for that moment of time because that's what someone's going through at that time, and that's the most, that's the most important part of it, not just putting your finger on a scripture and say, I'm preaching. I could preach, any of us could preach 150,000 messages there's all kinds of messages and teaching out there, but to find one that's going to fit for that moment, that hour, and what the person's going through, that's the, that's the key. You got to hear that only from God. It only comes from God. Um, now, as far, my, as far as my approach, I, I do want to say that going back to Bible college, um, I have a tremendous, it's, it's very, very, very old. But it is a, some lessons, and I'm going to use a big word here. It's called homiletics. It's a teaching on homiletics. Uh, it's a 20-lesson teaching. Now, when you talk about, okay, do you use topical? Do you use a scriptural? Do, you know, in these lessons, there's about 20 different, and there's probably more than that, but there's 20 different ways of going about putting a message together. Some of it is characters some of it is taking a scripture as a whole some of it's taking a chapter some of it's taken one word and like we were saying we're not saying that you build a doctrine around that but i mean even acts 238 that's one scripture but when you consider acts 238 it's in the old testament it's in the new testament it it's not just in one scripture it goes many different directions, but it's Acts 2.38. It is a doctor, and it's a powerful doctor, salvation. But what I, what I do is I, I just try to feel the direction of the Lord in this, and I know we all do that, but um, sometimes I do try to use the topical. Sometimes I do use the script, just mainly scriptural, getting the main meaning of that scripture. Sometimes I use character studies, but there's a lot of different ways of going about that and being able to uh, put a message together. But, um, yeah, I think the main thing here is to be able to feel after the Lord. Now, I will say this, and I'm going to reveal something that only my wife knows, but I'm going to let you all in on this. Sometimes I dig for a thought, and like my wife's saying, sometimes you get a thought. 
I don't get them weeks in advance very often, but sometimes I do. Sometimes I get it a month in advance. I have a message right now that I'm going to preach at an anniversary service of a pastor that I have right now, and it's going to be in August. I don't know. October. October. The Lord already gave it to me, but I know it's for that hour. But there's times that I have thoughts, and I, and it just begins to flow. There's other times it's like wringing blood out of a turnip. <laughs> but I just know that, hey, God, this is your church. You really want the people to hear what you have to say, not what I have to say. And you're going to give me a word. So there's times that I've told my wife, she said, are you going to stay up and continue? I said, no, I'm going to bed. I'm going to go to sleep. Because many times when I get to that point, I go to bed and the Lord starts speaking to me in the night as I'm sleeping. And the Lord just kind of puts the pieces together and I get up the next morning and just start writing it out on my iPad, typing it out, whatever. And um, it just all falls together. But the Lord does it different ways. And I think a lot of it has to do with, like Brother Ram was saying, sometimes he just puts you in a position to dig it out. Out. Sometimes he realizes he has mercy on me, so he blows it out. So, uh, but de- definitely, it's it's not a it's not something that's just thrown together. It is with all of us. It's something that takes time, prayer, consistent feeding yourself the Word of God, and uh, four or five hours. I mean. It, Literally take four or five hours, put one sermon together for a Sunday morning or a Wednesday or teaching lesson, whatever. It, it takes time. So that's what I do. I mean, I, I use some of the things that I have learned from Bible college and um, been really helpful. And a matter of fact, another thing that I don't use a lot of, but I feel like it's very, very important, is just taking a story, and I know maybe you pr- probably don't, believe that Louis Lamar is spiritual. Uh, he's probably not, but I don't know. I don't know him. And I don't read Louis Lamar books, but I do have read a few. And he's very descriptive. When you talk about the cowboy that's walking through the desert and his spurs are rubbing against the sand and he's clicking there and then a snake goes across in front of him. And, but when you take the Word of God and you start studying it, I know I'm going long here, but you take the Word of God and you start studying it. There's so many details that begin to come out of that that you can paint a picture, not something that's not there, but painting a picture of taking the whole Bible and painting a picture that gives people a little bit more insight into what that time frame was and what they were experiencing and what they were going through. And it brings out a whole new light to things. And I do... I haven't done a lot, but I'd like to do that more. And uh, but I feel like it's very effective. So. Um, and then, of course, we know with Brother Ron, every week the Lord just whispers to him, "You already know." It's Genesis. We're not done yet. No, but um, final thoughts, Brother Ron, on your uh, the way that you kind of approach that. Well, for me, I'm all over the place. Bible verse. It'll start out just being a verse. Something in that verse 
that will connect me with some another verse. And I get to that verse, and then it'll connect me with another one. And then all of a sudden, all of these things come together, and it creates a topic. Sometimes I start off with a topic. And then I bring scriptures into that, that sort of expand the topic. Sometimes it's, it's character studies. Sometimes it's a book, Genesis. It's a study. I don't have any specific set thing that this is the way I always do it because that's not the way it always comes to me. It's however it comes to me. However God drops it in my lap. The, the greatest times are when he gives you the whole thing had that happen three times in 40 years that's not normal okay when God would just give it to me so fast I couldn't write it down quick enough and this was all God this wasn't me it wasn't scriptures when it, it was the whole shebang it was the scriptures it was the thought it was the it was everything and I had it done in 30 minutes and it was a masterpiece because God did it Again, that doesn't happen very often. Most of the time, it's digging it out. Getting your pick out and just start hammering away. Do it long enough and all of a sudden, you make connections and it starts coming together. It's, it's just a matter of, of being prayerful, keeping in that, uh, that prayerful attitude most of the time with me, it's, it's, I'll have a thought here, I'll write it down. I'll get another thought later on, and I'll write that down. And I've done this before. It'll be, I'll write down ten different thoughts, and they absolutely, they, they seem like they're all over the place. And before God's done with me, every one of those are connected. And to look at them separately, you would think, there is no way in the world these things have anything to do with one another. But when God starts putting it all together, boom, there it is. They absolutely go together and fit together just like a glove. How does he do that? I don't know. It's God. So anyhow, it's, it's just all over the place. I don't know. I, it's just however God deals with you, however he can work with you. Um, nobody thinks like I do, I'm sure. And that's all right. Just however you think. It's however God can work with you but uh, give everything a try do a do a character study do a book study do a you know just try whatever. something's going to click can i make a comment here real quick um on that thought uh, well first of all i want to say brother Ayers is the puzzle master because every every sunday morning he's putting the pieces back into the puzzle and it's, it starts forming a picture and it and it's powerful, and thank the Lord for what you've been doing. Um, but the, um, the thing about it is the Word of God is such a precious, precious book, and trying to put all the pieces together is so very important. One of my, in, in Bible college, one of the things I felt like it really helped me was that they drew a picture of a, a wagon wheel, the hub, and then there were several things, there were several spokes that came out from that hub. The hub was a certain subject, like if you were preaching on uh, mercy, 
out of that came, of course, I'm dating myself, encyclopedia, book, uh, dictionary, uh, you know, Bible and scripture and uh, personal testimony and all all these different things. We can go on and on. We've got commentaries. We've got uh, biblical encyclopedias and this and that. All around, all of those spokes point back to that subject. So everything you get to stay on focus to get the subject across that God's trying to get across, you can draw from so many different sources. And, and that's really helped me. But probably one of the biggest challenges that I've had in all the years of putting a lesson and a, and a message together, some of the biggest challenges is after I get all of these pieces of puzzle, trying to get it to flow from the beginning to the end because you want it to flow and uh, if you can get it to flow then my the bottom line of teaching and preaching is when you leave the service you want people to be able to remember what you preached and taught and you want them to grasp it and you want them to understand it so if it's got a flow if it's if it's hit and miss and i've got 10 subjects that i'm people are confused i would be confused and i can't i can only grasp so much in my mind but if i could keep on focus on the subject and bring all these things together and let it flow and when you come to that end of the message then you can get a response out of that and that's the main thing God wants once we preach and we teach he wants us to respond to the word of God either repentance or worship or prayer or whatever but yeah it's 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 a flow and that's probably one of the biggest challenges that I've had putting things together in a message or teaching lesson Awesome. Well, great responses tonight. Can we give a hand to our panel for all their thoughts? And uh, I apologize for going a little bit long tonight. We didn't even get to all of our questions, so um, we tried to get as many of them in as we can. Um, but we are going to keep doing this uh, at different times, um, so on different topics and different things. So um, keep that, keep a lookout for that when that comes. And this will also... Uh, be online as well on Facebook and, and YouTube here in the near future, so um, you could share this if you'd like. Um, as we're closing tonight, just wanted to give a few announcements. Um, just remember that uh, coming up this Sunday is obviously Father's Day.